0: Welcome to the podcast, the destination for insightful discussions and interviews on the appreciation, conservation, and husbandry of reptiles with a focus on turtles and tortoises. Now, let's join our team of turtle nerds. Woo! Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, episode 93. We're so excited to be here for you, with you, uh, with a new look podcast uh, for episode 93 we been doing this a long time, closing in on 10 years now, and uh, every so often the bill gets a little bit of a facelift. We're excited about that uh, today. We're excited about uh, Kevin is here, and he does not have a delay, and his internet seems to be working. Shouldn't this hey, everybody anything. In the veterinary field, we're really superstitious, and we say like, can't say, can't say it's slow, can't say it's quiet. Like people will scream at you and literally physically boot you out the door if you say those things. So uh, anyway, Kevin's internet it looks good. Feeling good about that. Good to see your smiling face, Kev. Uh, We also have you too. Thank you, thank you. Uh, We also have Emily, uh, who's here with us, who is going to be helping us host the show. This is her first time on the show. Uh, She's a friend of ours that we know really well. She's a lead keeper at Riverside Reptiles Education Center, and uh, she's wonderful. I I I met her uh, months back when I, I did a talk for them, and she is a boss. And she also handles things. That uh, the rest of us would be super duper scared of, like spitting cobras and all sorts of really cool, crazy things, I, right? I'm like, come yeah. on! So, uh, no we're we're really, really excited to have her here with us. So, Emily, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, and Emily, I barely hold garter snakes, so
1: <laughs>
0: did not score any cool points with that one. Um, <laughs> and you also, so so. Uh, Kevin, you had seen Emily before when you visited Re- Riverside. Can you, can you tell us what happened in that short yeah, uh, encounter with each other?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So the way I found out about Riverside Reptile Education Center is um, I, I had listed in Aldabra for sale, and they reached out to me uh, to see if they can get it for their program. And we worked something out where it wasn't full price for them because it's an education center. Educational center, excuse me. Um, but then I would go, and I wouldn't like pay to go you know, with my family. Uh, it's about an hour away, so I'm not going to go very often. But when I do, it's great to go there and see the animal. And uh, I think the second time I went, uh, there was no one around. I kind of reached into like pet the Aldabra that they got from a while back. And Emily came around the corner and was like, Are you in the Aldabra enclosure? <laughs> like, get out of there, you know? And I'm like, oh, No, no, it's I'm Kevin. I brought this animal. Uh, yeah, it was a good. I love person.
0: it. I love yeah. it.
1: Sorry, no one is above it. Sorry. Good. That's
0: right. That's right. You make one exception for one random bald guy you have to make it for all of them so there's a
2: lot of us bald guys out there
0: seriously i'm just saying but uh that's awesome i love it uh, and then also we have our guest our our esteemed guest dr tony monahan phd uh the the most incredible traveler that i've ever known and uh we'll probably get into that but uh tony it's it's such a pleasure to, to have you with us
3: i am honored thanks for having me
0: Uh, I I guess probably I should say that we, I should preface that we spent a lot of time together uh, in uh, a few weeks back, uh, traveling to and from the the TTPG, the turtle and tortoise preservation group conference, which was an amazing, uh, an amazing time. But uh, traveling with you was really interesting. I had a bunch of people contacting me, like, when are you going to get here? When are you going to get here? They want updates. And I would tell them updates and some of the things that I would tell them, like for instance, uh, i'm gonna hop on on the train bus thing i don't even know what it was it was a train bus uh, from the airport and take it right there and there you can't do that that doesn't go there and i'm like well i think the person i'm with knows you're you're uh, very knowledgeable about traveling and there's a reason for that and that's and that's what you're here for today is to talk about your project can can you hear project and and why you're so knowledgeable
3: about traveling <laughs> sure uh work on a project called the turtle lovers guidebook and it's a book on all things turtle and it, the main folk features are going to be uh, places that you can go and see turtles so if you really like turtles these are all the cool places you can go so the main section is going to be um, zoos aquariums and education centers and also we're going to have a section on uh, turtle organizations turtle rescues uh, turtles on social media and, uh, and um, extensive bibliography. So as much information as I can get for turtles. And I really want to take a different angle from the old field guides. When I grew up, you know, you get the field guide. You kind of figure out where you can grab these turtles from the woods or the pond. and ponds ponds. I want to take that away and say, you know, if you really like turtles, go to these places. I've got 120 places so far that qualify for my book. I just returned from a trip to uh, Salt Lake City, Boise, Idaho, and Chicago. A couple days ago.
0: How'd that trip, though? You were talking about that trip when we were together.
3: Pretty smoothly, yeah. Uh, three days, three sites, that's an easy one. Um uh, I wasn't in any particular site for more, more than uh, 20, 20 hours or so. So it was pretty much a flight. I flew to uh, Salt Lake City, went to the zoo, got on a plane, flew to Boise, Idaho, stayed over, went to the Boise, uh, the Idaho Reptile Zoo, which was fabulous. It had 23 species of turtle. Nice. And um, all rescues also, all rescues, wonderful job they're doing there. And I flew back through Chicago, stayed over Chicago, so I can go visit the visit Shedd Aquarium for a second time.
0: That's a big one, right? How many species at, uh, at Shedd Aquarium?
3: Uh, probably around uh, 15 right now. Nice. Last time I went there, it was uh, my plane was delayed, so I didn't get there till around noontime. The place was just mobbed and it was hard to get your photos. It's not the best place in the world to take photos. There's a lot of glare, a lot of glass, a lot of glare. So this time I had a little bit more success. They had a Jeff Roy's, Jeff Roy's turtle.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Finally got to see him. Very cool. Finally got to see him
0: so so everyone knows like what's what's so amazing about and i I know people who are at the the ttpg tony was the banquet speaker there which is like the featured speaker and it was so fitting because of this amazing project that he's doing and and uh one of the i i've been thinking about it a lot you know tony came and visited me at my home and saw my collection and and we also you know got to spend this time on the road together for that one trip so i've been able to, to think about his project a lot and i think And really ponder over kind of what makes it really special from my very weird nerdy perspective and that's like the hole in the wall places that that you wouldn't know about otherwise right that that now you'll have hey I'm going out to see family in this weird obscure place or work is sending me to this weird obscure place I wonder if there's a decent zoo and you just kind of have to go and buy tickets and see what's there kind of, and take a leap of faith, which is fun sometimes when you find a place that surprises you, right? It's fun, but um, what are some of those places where you've been pleasantly surprised or found a place that that you didn't necessarily know
3: about? Well, this uh, Idaho reptile zoo was amazing. Uh, It was very similar to Riverside reptiles where it's kind of in a strip mall It's right next to the dollar dollar store and he's got ponds. He's got uh, all kinds of enclosures. He's got a desert tortoise walking around on the floor. And um, I was really surprised to see that. And he was saying that what I've learned from my short time in Idaho is that was a large influx of population from California in the last 10 years. They said 10 years ago they had 300,000 people. Now there's a million people in Boise, Idaho, and most of them immigrated from California. And all the people that brought their sulcata tortoises and their pet turtles and stuff uh, found out that Idaho was not a great environment to raise a a reptile. So um, he's got this place and he takes in uh, a lot of pets that people can't handle anymore. He also has an adoption program. So that was a good place. Um, The Colorado Gators Reptile Park in Alamosa, uh, Colorado, sits on a 2,000-foot deep geothermal pool. And the water is a constant 87 degrees. So you got alligators hanging around in the snow that was cool and they've got uh, 19 species of turtle Um, kansas has a really cool uh, kansas wildlife exhibit it's in a park in um uh, wichita kansas and it's just like this caged in place uh, with all kinds of wildlife lots of turtles and they've got a giant uh, alligator snapping turtle that's red some reason. Um, I mentioned Riverside Reptiles is still one of my favorite places. There's another similar place in uh, south of Minneapolis in Minnesota called Reptile and Amphibian, uh, Reptile and Amphibian Discovery Zoo. And that's also in a strip mall. They've got like 30 species of turtle. Um, So lots of fun places that i've seen holes in the wall george mcgow state park in florida they they call it the dub the turtle park boy scouts built some wraps and lots of turtles come on the wraps in the pond but they also have tortoises around the building they've got turtles inside so lots of turtles there people don't know about a lot of these places so uh these are these like you said, the hole in the wall places that I've discovered a lot of times through word of mouth. I went to Kansas thinking I was going to go to two sites. I ended up with five sites just by talking to people. Um,
0: That's such an important piece. I think if, if I don't mind bringing it over to Emily now, as somebody who who helps run, a, a by my estimation, large, but, but, but we're talking about institutions like zoos and aquariums.
2: uh we we lost lost anthony froze yeah i think he was gonna ask you based on the size of like your place what does it take kind of like running that i think but uh i don't know offhand exactly so if you want to answer that also tony i have a question for you as well based on what you were saying was uh of all the hole in the wall places i know you said you love riverside reptile which place would you say if the person was out and about they'd have to go check this place out of the others
3: well, it depends on where you are in the country. Um, well, say you make it your destination. I, I, I kind of rate them as places I would go back to. <laughs> okay. And some places I go and I don't need to go back to it. But uh, at Colorado Gators Place, I just loved it. And um, it was such a unique place. It's in the middle of nowhere. The other place is the kirakawa Desert Museum in New Mexico, uh, right over the Arizona border. And that place has a desert garden that is just absolutely gorgeous, with turtles and tortoises walking around. It's absolutely amazing. i got to stay there all day long. Yeah.
0: I wanted to ask, I'm sorry, I just cut out in the middle of asking my question last time. I'm so embarrassed. I wanted to to ask Emily, as somebody who's running, like, you know, who's helping run a a larger place that's larger, by our standards, place that's... (laughs)
1: <laughs> we're never going to hear the question. <laughs> this was happening
0: to me a few months back. And I know. What know. the heck is going on? It's just me. Emily, what does yes. it mean to you to be included in a book like this as Riverside Reptiles?
1: Honestly, it's an honor um, because uh, some of the places that you're listing are places that I know of and I, I follow on social media and I'm a big fan of. So to hear that we're included in that, um, that's an honor. Thank you. Uh, I also have been joking that I'm going to rename us Riverside Turtle Education Center since we have so many turtles. So um, I guess that kind of goes right along with your book then. So. <laughs> um, well, in
3: fact, I, when, I sh- when I show a sample site page to people, uh, it's Riverside Reptiles. I finished oh, really? the site page, mm-hmm. yeah, sample page. Yeah.
1: Cool. I have a, a question, too. So I just wanted to circle back to something you said. Um, you said there was an alligator snapping turtle that was red,
3: like the yeah. color
1: red? Oh, interesting. What kind of alligator snapper was it? Do you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. to uh, no. on the spot. Sorry.
3: <laughs> uh, I think his, her name is Jolene. Uh, and I asked the uh, caretaker about it and i didn't get a response i showed it also showed it to greg uh <laughs> from greg's turtle haven and uh he's pretty convinced it's something to do with the water Oh, okay it's not foreign red uh it's just a reddish color to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay. I, i've seen that
2: on like painted turtles before coming out of a pond where the entire uh plaster is just like a deep red almost like a yeah with a little bit, like, brown mixed in, but way more red.
1: Like a higher yeah. iron content in the water or yeah, something? Really yeah, really high iron content. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a big time. fan of snappers, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you have some there at Riverside that are pretty cool. That I like the enclosure that it's in. Uh, mm-hmm. Multiple angles for you to see it, you know?
1: Yeah, so that's Ben. Um, he's in Appalachicola, and then mm-hmm. we have the Temanichiae. Feel free to call me out if I'm pronouncing the the species wrong. Um, But yeah, so we tried them together. We have um, a male and a female and um, he was just very amorous whenever we put them together. So we decided to separate them. But uh, I'm a big fan of Ben. I love him. He's my favorite animal here. Awesome.
2: Mm -hmm. Are you at the building right now?
1: yeah yeah so i'm actually in my office um because i'm in the process of moving and the internet is better here so gotcha. this is behind the scenes
2: <laughs> and you live in connecticut as well
1: yep yeah uh so i live in strafford it's about an hour to an hour and a half from here in enfield
2: i'm next door i'm in milford
1: oh get out okay yeah. did, i think I, I dropped a turtle off to you once before i think, think you picked to. up you
2: picked up an enclosure at my house
1: that's right yes that's exactly what i did it was um a vision cage right
2: correct yeah okay Awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Look at you guys, best friends. <laughs> and I think
1: I'm supposed to give a three-toed box turtle to one of you. That That's me, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, it's good. You gotta come out uh checking out terrapins with me in the bay. I live on the estuary.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I would love to do that. I yeah. got
2: a bunch of kayaks, you can come out anytime.
1: Yes, that would be awesome.
3: Well, one of the yeah, features in him my him. in in my um on each page is uh, a, a feature that's called Turtle Spotted at, like Turtle Spotted at Riverside Reptiles, and I put the listing down. So I'm going to have to check, double check my list with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because
3: you might have more stuff than I saw last.
1: Yeah, we're always getting stuff. We actually just got two new animals in the last few days. It's The numbers okay. are always changing here.
3: <laughs> that's good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just got a new um, Mexican black king snake. He's quarantining in my office right now, right there. Um, And we just got a puff adder who is quarantining in my office right there. Um, I saw that. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And then we have a Western diamondback quarantining in my office right there. Uh, And then we have two Gila monsters quarantining in my office as well. So I have a lot of animals right here.
2: (laughs) If at some point you want to pick a Gila monster up and put them in frame for me, I really appreciate that. Do
1: you want me to grab one right now?
2: My favorite animal of all time.
1: Really? (laughs) Okay, I can grab one for you. We have two here.
0: I'd love that. Thank
1: you. Sorry,
2: I'm getting
0: geeky. (laughs) And uh, Tony, I respect you. And this is what's interesting, too, about having Emily on. Because I respect you a lot because you're a bit of a one-trick pony. You just want to see the turtles. You can go to a zoo that has pandas, elephants, Huge crocodilians, cool lizards, whatever it is, and you just want to see the turtles.
3: Yeah, because yeah, it's my my time. It's what I'm doing. So sometimes I'm going to three and four places in one day. I really don't have time to look. I'm really put the blinders on and focus on the <coughs> turtles, and get my shots and move on. You know, so I've taken trips. Uh, I went from Colorado. Uh, Denver Zoo to Pueblo Zoo in the same day. Over to Alamosa, down to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Went to the zoo, the aquarium, the botanical gardens, and uh, there's a they had a They had a beach that had a, a secret turtle pond in the backwoods that I found a path to. They told me found this path to a secret turtle pond. So all these sites, and you know, usually do everything in two days
0: two day, one night trips. That's so cool. And when you're finding stuff in a pond like that, and we're, we, um, Emily's back with the with the Gila monster, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, when you're finding like a pond like that, you're listing that on the page for that place, right? Yeah. Um, but are you also listing, if you saw any species there, you're not listing them in their list of species, are you?
3: Well, something like uh, the Albuquerque, the, it's called the ABQ Biopark. So it's got four locations, got the zoo, the aquarium, the botanical Gardens, and this, uh, sting, I think it's sting, Stingley Beach. So they all counts at the same page, the same site. And also something like North Carolina Aquarium, there's three sites. I've been to all three sites, but I'm only going to count them as, you know, North Carolina Aquarium, you know, in the three locations. So you know it depends on where where I'm going, but um, you know I try to be inclusive, but I'm not breaking it down into to that finite of a detail. It just makes sense to include all the sites for North Carolina Aquarium as one, you know, maybe three page worth of book.
0: Awesome, yeah. interesting. That makes sense to me. And now let's. Emily's back with a Gila monster. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. Kevin, you've been on the podcast for how long? You never brought a Gila monster on to show everybody. (laughs) Oh, you're muted. You're muted. It's happening. Legally, I'm not allowed to keep
2: them, so I won't have them at my home. Fortunately, I'm about an hour away from seeing them in person. Uh, And, I mean, Brian gave me up close look last time, so I I was
0: really happy to see that. Don't let uh, Emily catch you getting a close up look. I, I won't know, yell at you this time. She's going to smack your wrist.
2: The Aldabras won't bite. That thing might, you know, and uh, <laughs> let's get to the hospital.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One of the few venomous lizards in the world. That thing is amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, um, her name is Mr. McNasty. Um, yeah. And she Classic. is. Classic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess the facility where she came from previously, it was a bunch of. Um, interns who named her i think are college kids and um she's geriatric so she's off exhibit to just kind of hang out and not have anyone stare at her for the rest of her life so yeah this is this is her they are a lot of fun to work with um they're pretty chill for the most part i have worked with some pretty wild ones before though but um yeah so anytime you need your healer fix come visit us
2: i will and what's the primary diet that you feed in the wild, um, a lot of eggs and carrion, right?
1: Um, Yeah, so uh, I think for what we understand about them is when they come up to the surface, because they spend a lot of time underground, um, then that's when they'll eat a lot of birds and eggs and stuff, uh, like baby birds in the nest. Um, but otherwise, we feed our guys mice, and um, sometimes we'll give them egg as a treat, but we notice that they get a little bit chunky if we feed them too many eggs, so we try not to feed them too much of that. Um, and then we'll also give them quail sometimes too, little baby quail chicks, all frozen thawed. Awesome. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Thank you for that. That's yeah. the spectrum. So cool. It's mm-hmm. too cool. The, go what I think is bed. the most fascinating thing about them is the osteoderms are actually on the skeletal structure. Like you see the skeletal head. It's mm-hmm. lumpy. It's like, just like their skin is. It's so neat. Not just like a scales on top.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're osteoderms. They, uh, I love it when you, when you touch them and you can feel every single one. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, awesome, yeah. animal. thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, of course. All right, I'll
0: put her back. I was nervous about bringing Emily on with how Kevin would react, but I'm, I'm pretty excited right now how, how you guys are getting along so swimmingly. How did they I've never gonna see, react? I'm totally kidding. That was, was a joke. Am I the jealous co-host? Yeah, that was a total <laughs> joke. But to see, I've never seen you like become so bright and and light up like that. Like yeah, cause she's morning. not picking on me, you know, not yet. Anywhere. I Just wait by show two or three, she'll catch on. She'll get it. She'll be uh, picking on you in no time. Tony, can I ask you a question? Sure. Cause
2: I, unfortunately I'm ignorant. And I really don't know. Can you see so you're a, you're a doctor with a PhD. What is in what? And like, how did you get into it? All of these things. So I'm just like more caught up. I'm sorry. I'm so not caught up. I should say.
3: Uh, yeah, my doctorate is in education. I've been a teacher my whole life, uh, most of my life. Um, and being a teacher has allowed me to uh, live in lots of places. I lived uh, in different countries um, and uh, different states. And uh, I always loved turtles. As a kid, I loved turtles. I had pet turtles. And um when I get older, I couldn't really have them because I was traveling and living overseas. But I always loved them. So um, my degree has nothing to do with uh, turtles. I'm not a herpetologist or anything like that. So uh, it has allowed me the freedom to uh, freedom of schedule to do this particular project. Uh, in my job in New York, I make my own schedule. So basically, they told me that I can teach whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. So the first thing I said, well, I'm not going to do Fridays anymore. Uh, and now I teach, uh, this semester I teach on Tuesdays and Wednesdays.
0: That's awesome. So uh, wonderful. And when you've been traveling, yeah. you visited all these different sites. You were talking about how you might do you know, five sites in, a, in one trip. How many sites have you visited for this project?
3: Uh, about 215 or so.
0: I asked for a reason. I knew but it was
3: a I, lot. But, I count, but, I, but that, that counts like people's backyards, like yours. Uh, I, I have, The thing that I did that was fairly smart was I kept a spreadsheet of everything, every place I went from the beginning uh, before I even came up with the book idea. And I bought a camera in 2015. I bought a camera to take photos of turtles. And I started at the uh, New York Turtle and Tortoise Society show and started taking some photos. And then I started to take different trips. And every time I took a trip, I kept a spreadsheet of where I went and what I saw. So this way, if I came across uh, you know, a photo I liked, I can just look at the number, the date, and find out where I was on that particular day. Now it's gotten to the point where it's extremely uh, organized on spreadsheets. I have multiple spreadsheets of uh, chronological, alphabetical. I've got folders for every species. And uh, so I've been pretty good with that. Yeah.
0: One other thing that's really interesting is you've you've kept track of what species you're seeing the most. Uh, yeah. And which ones are more rare? And I think it's actually surprising that some of these species that we talk about being really rare
3: um, are kind of at the top of the list. What, what are that, some of the red, species
0: you're seeing the most?
3: Well, you know, red-ears the most by far, but um, alligator snapping turtle is pretty high. A lot of alligator snapping turtles. Um, Red-bellies. Uh, I see a lot of uh, eastern box turtles. I see a lot of spotted turtles. Now I don't mind seeing these things because they are pretty rare in the in the wild. So it's good to see that uh, you know they're they're being kept and they've been they're propagating. And so I'm good. To, I'm I'm happy. I just saw a spotted turtle in Salt Lake City. So uh, I was happy to see. I'm always happy to see them. But my issue is, uh, you know, since I've seen uh, Aldabra tortoises at 45 locations, and I can't exactly have 45 pictures of Aldabra tortoises in my, in my book. And some of the best shots I've taken I can't use because there are turtles that I've seen enough of. Um, so they, um, they have to get used some other way. So this is
2: going to sound weird, but I know this company that has these calendars of turtles and tortoises that go out each year. So if you have these, like, unused shots, you want to
3: send them over, we can look at them. Yeah, I think I missed the deadline for that, too. Yeah, yeah, I have plenty. Awesome. Absolutely, yeah.
0: What species did you only see one of? What What are species that you've traveled the entire country and you've gone to all these different places and you've only seen one time? Is anything standing Well
3: some of those flap shells that uh, you know that Wayne Wayne Hill has down at his house I've only seen once or twice um, Indian flap shells I've seen the Kitra indica's at San Diego and I've seen the Kitra Kitra at um, St. Louis Zoo and I think Columbus Columbus Zoo has those too I love those things I've only seen an Alabama map turtle once at the Denver Zoo. And I've been all through Alabama. been through Alabama twice. I've only seen an Alabama map turtle one time in Denver. Uh, I've never seen an Escambia map turtle. Some of these map turtles I haven't seen. Uh, So uh, Pascagoula map turtle I think I've seen once in Cincinnati. So... (laughs) So.
0: Yes, we, we had Ryan Dumas on to talk about that. He's the one who kind of was involved in that project, if my memory serves.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. I like that Jeff Roy. I went to uh, the Shedd Aquarium a couple uh, summers ago, and all you can see is his feet. He's hanging out, and he's hanging his feet on, and you can't see above. You can only see his feet below. And stayed there for a couple hours, and he never moved. So uh on friday no on saturday i was in chicago again and i went there i got there 9 a.m went right to the site the spot and there's the speech again oh oh, come on so i do i do the rounds i go around and around and around and finally uh like an hour hour later he came out and i told the people that was standing there excuse me excuse me i've been waiting all day for this and i just cut in front of everyone and started taking my pictures (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, I got a couple of a couple of shots. I, I love it it because you're like a pushy New Yorker, but also like the biggest nerd they've ever seen. It's like <laughs> yep, they I'm must they tell, tell see, stories no. about you. We went to the zoo. Remember that time we went to the zoo five years ago, and that guy told us he was waiting for four hours to see the turtle, the little turtle that nobody else cared about.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so, Tony, with all your traveling, what haven't you seen that you really wanted to?
3: Well, there's all this stuff in Anthony's backyard. (laughs) A lot of stuff I see in the, um, I see things in the reptile shows. I see things in people's yards that aren't in the zoos. They're not in the zoos and not in the aquariums. So a lot of that stuff, you know, that I haven't seen. I know know that there's a lot of things I probably never see. The uh, Tennessee Aquarium, Told me that uh, Michael Ogle told me that he was going to get one of those uh, speckled cape uh, tortoises. The little padloper is the smallest tortoise in the oh, world. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And he said it was being held up in Norway and customs. This is during COVID. I'm not sure if they got it yet, or if they're go- ever going to get it. But I've never seen one of those. I would love to see the smallest tortoise in the world for sure.
2: How much smaller than an Egyptian is it?
3: I don't. Th- i I'm probably not that much smaller because Egyptians yeah. are pretty small. I don't know. I never saw <laughs> one. <But we'll>
2: Steve, <laughs> Anthony, you like- know, or Anthony or Steve, do you know rough weight
0: for like an adult padloper? I've never seen one, so okay. I can guess. They, you know, yeah. they have a short. They they have a, a short shell, and then they're also obviously so it's small.
2: Yeah, a few hundred grams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: Well, yeah, when because I, like, find I, out, I have small Egyptians and things, but they're so domed comparatively.
3: Yeah. Yeah. When I find out they have it, I'll get, I'll go there. You know, I just got my flight to um, Florida today to go see Ty Park at Iguanaland again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I went was before they opened, and he, I got a nice tour of the place. So now I want to see it in operation. I'll be going there in uh, two days after I re- come back from Hawaii in January.
2: Are they all repaired from the hurricane?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was at the TTPG with us. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I'm really I you went down. I went a couple days, a couple weeks after the hurricane. Maybe like a week and a half. And there you know, there was you could see some remnants obviously in the surrounding area and some of his breeding areas for his iguanas, the older stuff from before it was a zoo were, were more affected than anything else. He he was he was very lucky. They were lucky.
3: I'm glad. I'm looking forward to see him. And also uh, looking to go to Reptilandia in Johnson City, Texas. Uh, they told me they're going to open at the end of January, so I'll probably get there uh, first week of February.
0: So I think, you know, let me just take this moment, if anyone can still hear me, and my internet is working okay. The, this is your chance to ask the questions about the entire zoo world as it relates to turtles. So what's, what's the biggest collection of turtles? What's the biggest collection of reptiles? Mm-hmm. Uh, what place is the cleanest? What place has the most mm-hmm. space for their animals? Like, those are all questions that go through my head.
3: Well, Ty, uh, the, the iguana land is by far the biggest that I've seen. Um, I we counted 94 species when I was there. But Ty told me that they have 120 now, so i got to go back and see what they have. Uh, Tennessee Aquarium. Absolutely fabulous. I know, Anthony, you recognize the turtle I use in my artwork as it's <laughs> not only the species, but where I got the photo from Tennessee Aquarium. Amazing. I mentioned Zoo um, Knoxville. Uh, they have the new um, ARC, the Amphibian Reptile Center. Absolutely beautiful, big, giant uh, greenhouse i I love to go back there. Um, The Fort Worth Zoo has an amazing building called the um, Museum of Living Art. And it's the reptile amphibian house designed by um, Greg George Designs. Um, You know, San Diego, of course, it's fabulous. I didn't spend nearly enough time there. I'll be going back as soon as I can. I was there a couple weeks ago. Did you see the babies? The, uh, Ketra? the baby what? Ketra Indica babies? No,
2: I did not. No, a lot of the stuff because when I was there, it was still it was very cold. It was like 60 degrees. So a lot of stuff was off display.
3: Yeah, so that's why I would go. I mean, I saw the uh, Indica's. And apparently they had it for 20 years, and they just had 41 babies.
0: It's a big deal. First time so that's in 20 years. So that's giant,
3: narrow, uh, giant,
0: narrow-headed soft shells for anyone who's wondering, and that's a, a specific species in that genus. But they're a big deal, very rarely did, kept and very rarely bred. I did see bright. them, actually. I did see
2: those, actually. Yeah, they kept them with um, – I want to say they were in with Matamatas. I think so.
3: Okay, I saw him outside oh. with the bat- the badgers.
2: No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's absolutely where they were. Excuse me.
0: Yeah. Kevin's not writing a book. He's not keeping track. I'm not. <laughs> I'm
2: not. I also had a four-year-old and a six-year-old yelling at me to go home, to, well, to go to the, uh, the gift shop to buy them toys.
0: Classic. <laughs> Classic. You can't buy that sight of those turtles, okay? Are they
1: rarely kept due to being endangered or difficult? They're difficult to keep or and large all of the above above. yep okay
0: yep and and also not really appreciated right it's a big floppy sloppy it looks like spilled three-dimensional paint like (laughs) it's you know like these big turtles and and there's a lot of different species that all get really big and and yeah they're just they're just big old mushy things and a lot of people don't appreciate them but but they are kind of like an acquired taste, and there are people that really do love them very much and and they are incredible incredible animals, especially when you see them in person. it's um, it's different. yeah
3: you have to be patient because they bury themselves in the sand and you have to wait for them to come up, take a breath. Uh, so um, it could be like an it could be an hour, you know so. I've learned to be patient when I, when I can be patient. Uh, I you know I spent probably an hour and 15 minutes waiting for a hickety turtle to come up, take a breath in uh, Jacksonville Zoo. And then I only got one shot, only got one shot because he came up and behind a little plant, a very secretive state. I could see him at the bottom, but uh, I waited and waited for him to come up, take a breath. Finally got one shot of it. Not a great shot, but I'll take it. So it's really cool. Yeah, yeah uh, sometimes uh, I'm on a question. schedule,
2: but yeah. I apologize. Uh, we have a question that ties in with this um, from Michael Thattu. I'm going to say Sorry, Michael. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, when you visit these zoos, do you get to take behind-the-scenes tours, or are you just documenting what's on display?
3: I want to give the um, the visitor perspective. Okay. So I want to, to, to tell the audience that if you go to this particular place, this is what you can expect to see. Okay. So getting a, I mean, yes, I, I have had behind the scenes is, uh, tours and stuff, but any any picture I display in my book is going to be from the visitor's perspective. No special treatment. <laughs>
0: I love that too. If I can just add, I think one of the things I'm most excited about with this project, people who are into baseball get to keep track of all the different stadiums they could visit for a game, right? Mm -hmm. People who birders can, can keep a track with a checklist of all the different birds that they see. And, and Tony is putting together this project that takes so much of that work out of it. And it really makes it possible for us to say, okay, I want to see the top 30 turtle zoos before I die. And now because of Tony, I can do that. And some of them I could hit in the same day even. So yeah. Yeah. it's it's incredible to be able to have a resource like that, you know, for whatever the, the price of the book will be, to be able to have that resource to be able to, to do that. It's, it's incredible. Do you
3: have an yeah, estimated I, time when it's going to be published? Well, I have uh, submitted a proposal. Um, so I'm waiting to hear. Uh, the The... I would say that I've got a handful of sites left. That's it.
0: There should be a book tried. like this for everything. There should be a lizard one, there should be, yeah. there should be a panda one, there should be a like, there one, should, everything. There should be a fish one, I don't know, everything. Yeah. It's an incredible idea that I've never heard of before mm-hmm. for, for yeah. anything outside of this. Yeah, it's really awesome.
1: Are you gonna include any um, exhibit information, like um, kind of rating? Uh, who has the best exhibit in terms of space or in terms of um, meeting their needs uh, or anything like
3: that? Um, Great question. I'm keeping the the descriptions as simple as possible, but I am taking photos of exhibits. I take photos of buildings and signs and exhibits and things like that, because you can't just have all turtle posing in the same pose. (laughs) So I'm trying to get a variety of things. For Riverside Reptiles, I have that uh, was that Turtle Haven uh, mm-hmm. outside pond area. I've got a nice picture of that with a description. So I do like to do things like that, absolutely, and especially uh, places like uh, uh, Zoo Atlanta and Fort Worth, where someone like Jeff uh, Greg George comes in and does an amazing exhibit, uh, artistic type exhibit.
0: Doesn't Zoo Atlanta, does is it Zoo Atlanta that has the exhibit that looks like a kitchen, like a soup kitchen? Did you see that one?
3: I thought it was.
0: Maybe I made that up. I, I I can't remember exactly what zoo it was, but it's one that like it was a commentary on how like turtles get made into soup, and it's like it looks like a kitchen, but then there's water. Okay, um. <laughs> uh, maybe I that. maybe maybe that was something I dreamt in, in my dream, and it doesn't. That's the beginning
2: of your uh, your program. Tony would have seen
3: it. Yes, I've checked out Clyde Peelings Reptiland. I I love that place too. Mm-hmm. That I really actually
1: pretty just pretty. went to Clyde Peelings. Um, I went on a road trip just a few weeks ago, and um, I hit Clyde Peelings. I hit the Nashville Zoo, Chattanooga Zoo, and Aquarium, and uh, or Tennessee Aquarium. Uh, and I'm glad I was glad to hear you mention Tennessee Aquarium because that was like amazing. that lab where they breed all of those uh, turtles that I was yeah, uh, I took a yeah. I just took one giant video because I was like, there's no way I can take enough pictures to give this justice. Um, yeah, so Clyde Peelings was definitely a nice place.
3: Yeah. I've also went to uh, the TSA uh, Turtle Survival Center, then to the Baylor Center in California. Uh, these are, are part of organizations that, you know, I'm not going to, it's not like people can, anyone can go there, but I'll certainly include those in the write-ups about the, their organization. So things like that.
0: What was the biggest, well, I guess I kind of already asked when I asked for like the kind of unknown places, but what were some of the biggest surprises
3: that you can recall? Um, well, I was surprised to do to see this Idaho Reptile uh, Zoo. It's a fairly new place. Uh, And the both Uber drivers, the one that dropped me off and the one that picked me up, they I've been here for 20 years. I've never even heard of this place. Um, so it was pleasantly surprised. It was beautiful. Uh, it was clean. Um, they had nice, a lot of space and, uh. A big pond with lots of turtles, and they had a separate pond next to it with baby turtles. They had another pond with just snapping turtles. They had their, you know, different uh, crocodiles and lizards and stuff, but mostly turtles. They had their Aldabras, one Aldabra, and they had several Silcatas. So that was really, really nice to see. I was happy. That was, you know, the biggest place of this last trip. Uh, which was great. They saw uh, Utah's Hogel Zoo in Salt Lake City. They had 10 species. Um, but I don't have 22, 23 species. So that was, that was nice to see. Um, you know, not every place that I've been to is uh, qualifies. I'm not doing a rating system or anything like that. If it's in the book, it's worth going to. But um, some places I found that weren't very hygienic. Some places are, you know, kids are feeding the turtles all day long. They're putting a quarter in the machine, and they're just getting fed all day long, and they didn't look healthy. flies all over the place. So some places aren't going to make the cut. And other places I've been to that just don't have five species, which is my cutoff.
0: I wanted to ask about that. So, five species is the cutoff. If you don't have five species, you don't make it in the book. What are you? Yeah. What What do you think the average amount of species at a zoo that's open to the public is? And then, what are some of those? What were some of the numbers for some of the hires? We know about iguanoland now. That's number one. But what about some of the others?
3: Uh, Bronx Zoo has forty plus. Uh, Tennessee Aquarium has fifty plus. Um, uh, San Diego, Columbus Zoo in Ohio is absolutely fabulous. They were lots of, lots of turtles. Um, Knoxville is wonderful. Uh, these places I go back in a heartbeat. Um, San Antonio Zoo in Texas, been there probably six times. Um, so uh, and the Denver Zoo was really nice as well. A lot of places, uh, but there's places like when you go more west, you're going to see less turtles because there's less turtles in the, in the wild there. So Steinhardt Aquarium, which is an amazing aquarium, part of the uh, in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, has only five species of turtle, but I would hate to exclude them because it's such a wonderful place to go to. Yeah, Tony, you're
2: from the That's Northeast, clear. also excuse me you're from the northeast also
3: yeah i'm originally from rhode island i live okay. in new york
2: okay so how does the bronx zoo rate as far as uh, turtles go
3: bronx zoo is fabulous yeah i love it i started doing bronx zoo i got a membership and i started going there a lot and i practiced my photography there just practice and practice i would go there like once a week or something just take photos, and, um, and then when I got a little bit better, i taking photos of there. I started taking more trips to other places. Okay. I actually did a Google search on best turtle zoos in the USA, and I started hitting them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was so there a, I, was there a blog that exists for that? Did somebody write something up on that or?
3: I found something, and most of them were in Texas, so I said, like, all right, I'm going to go to Texas, so I started doing te- trips to Texas, and fortunately, I have some friends there that I can stay with, so uh, I've taken several trips to Texas, yeah, and it's cool. a place, a really kind of neat place called the Austin Aquarium, and it's uh, it's in a, it used to be like a <laughs> supermarket or a, a store, like it's, in a, the building is like a supermarket store. And it's kind of an interactive place where kids can actually, you know, put their hands in the water and stuff. Uh, It's really cool. Again, in one of those places, it's got all these uh, rescue-type turtles. And they had a smooth soft shell, which I rarely see. They had red bellies. They had uh, some uh, New Guinea snapping turtles. And they had a bunch of stuff. They had a Mississippi map turtle with a black eye, black eye form which is really interesting, some African turtles. So it's interesting to see what some of these places have, especially the places that take the, the, um, the rescues.
2: You know, as a child, I, I was really into turtles, but I wasn't into it where I was, like, reading about them. I just enjoyed being around my brother. I painted turtles, things like that. So even being into them, I didn't know that there was more than, like, three species that, like, I, we kept at the house. You know so when you say like five's the cutoff i wonder how many people that are going to these zoos even like we're like no that's a different kind than that one that's a different kind than that one you know because even sometimes for us it's hard to tell when between like subspecies so as you were saying like you know going to anthony's house you get to see turtles you haven't seen anywhere else a lot of times yeah. and that's because he's a fan of like just plain normal black looking turtles that don't make sense in the zoo because it's going to be it's going to bore people where we find it very interesting, you know, uh, but for the vast majority of people that are going to these zoos, you know, it's, it's, I always find that the turtles are really, really niche because y- you have to like understand them a little bit and know what's out there in order to appreciate what's in there versus I walk up to like the, the red panda exhibit and I don't know anything about them, but I'm just like, oh my God, they're so cute. I just want to sit here and
3: watch them for hours, <laughs> you know? I have to check myself when I go. I, 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 you know, I don't want to be like, oh no, another Aldabra tortoise. Mm-hmm. I, I want to always appreciate, so I always make sure that I appreciate and take photos of everything. Uh, I had the um, pink belly. Um, they call the pink bellies uh, the Australian Zydech? turtles.
2: Yeah, Emydura subculbosa. Yeah. Reversely, yeah.
3: Rubrosa, yeah uh i had a fabulous shot from the shed aquarium last time i went there it's so good it's going to be my my number one shot on the page so i said to myself well i don't need to do it do it, take any shots of the pink bellies because i got my shot But i found myself there taking a bunch of shots of the pink bellies uh because that's what you do you see them you want to take a shot of them and even though i've got uh, hundreds of shots of these turtles and again, I have them in on spreadsheets. I have them in folders. I've got 400 quality shots of spotted turtles, for example, in the wild and in zoos. But it doesn't stop me from taking more shots of spotted turtles because that's what that's what it is. And even though I might have a million of them, I that's what I'm there for.
2: So, There's not many more beautiful.
3: Yeah, and and just to know that. Uh, just because I've seen a hundred different spy turtles in zoos, it doesn't mean you know the people that are going to the zoos they see them and they can they appreciate that. So I I always make sure that I check myself and I'm, I'm of course I'm going to go for the stuff that I, I rarely see. Uh, so um, that's that's what I do, but uh, I take pictures of everything, any opportunity. Yes, photography is never done. Yeah.
2: Perfect. So, so yeah, you can a, actually see everything that's on there, but I just wanted to read out loud. Uh, Michael Skipstead Skip said wrote uh, that he's excited to get your book and that it's a tremendous initiative that is bound to inspire a lot of people. Uh, and Michael somebody that inspires a lot of people as, by himself. So him saying that means a lot, I think.
3: Yes, absolutely. I watch his podcasts like all the time, <laughs> religiously. I wanted to mention
0: that it was actually on my list of things to, to bring up uh, the the Colonia cast and, and the Colonia cast fund as well. Not only are they putting out what's probably the best turtle podcast ever. Uh, not probably, but definitely there. It's incredible what Michael and, and the guys have been able to do, uh, but also, you know, that the, the fund, they're, they're raising money through that as well. And uh, that's going to, uh student-led research that is uh it's just really exciting so uh please check them out if you haven't their show is amazing they're producing a lot of content i think they're already on episode 29 if i'm not mistaken so so be sure to check that out if you haven't already and i'm I'm nervous to keep talking long because that's when i my internet starts going so you guys can hear me right we're good okay okay so i'm happy that you've been tuning into that tony uh as well I, i get excited when when people that I love uh, stumble on each other's, uh, you know, uh, content that they're that they're creating and everything, and, and there's a lot of room for all of us to be doing stuff. And, and you guys are both brilliant people that are doing great things.
3: Well, when you're writing a comprehensive book, I, I'm constantly taking notes. I'm constantly picking things up from different uh, sources and the YouTube uh, podcasts, especially. So I've got a notebook with me all the time. And uh, I pick things up and I'm always adding things to my Turtles on Social Media section, my organization section, and so forth. So I'm constantly adding to it. If you wanna be comprehensive, you have, to be, you have to work at it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So. Uh, speaking of content being created, Anthony, that looks like a new painting
0: behind you it is that's an aldabra tortoise i'm not sure if you're familiar with the species (laughs) um, it's an aldabra tortoise i painted that i'm trying to be like tony tony also is an artist uh an incredible artist and that's how we first met actually he was talking to me about his art at uh the 2016 new york turtle and tortoise society annual turtle show and that's where we first met but um yeah art man Art's Can you bring did you that closer paint for to see? Yeah. Would you say, Kevin, I did paint that, Emily? Yes, thank you very That's
1: much. That's awesome. Nice job.
0: I was Thanks. asking if you could bring it
2: closer into frame so the viewers can actually see it.
1: You're he not to bring it closer so he can judge your painting.
0: I
2: already judged it before I saw this a week ago.
1: Oh,
3: okay.
0: Can you see it?
2: I do. I think it's, nice. it's a painting. So it's... I want to tell you a little bit about Anthony. Anthony texts me randomly, and he's like, "Hey, can you? My next painting's gonna be in Aldabra. Can you send me some photos?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm at work. I'll get them to you soon." Like ten minutes later, he's already painting that one. It's like you perfect. Wait, buddy.
0: <laughs> Sorry, man. Couldn't wait, you know. I couldn't, I mean, and I'm and I'm not gonna put in the effort to make sure that it's straight on the wall right now either. Ah, uh, do you so. do acrylic painting, or is that? That's something? how I roll. Yeah, I used to do oil. I have a I have an undergraduate degree in in painting in mm-hmm. in studio art, and my concentration was painting, but, um, I don't really do it anymore. And I paint now and it kind of makes me frustrated cause I can't paint like I used to, <laughs> but, um, I just do acrylic now just cause it's quick and easy. And I just mess around with my kids cause they like to paint and we have like little bonding experiences together. So it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But I, I sold a painting at the, well, I didn't sell it. I, I donated it to the TTPG auction and it sold for $1,200. I was really, really excited. And wow,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was like a group of people that went in to get it. It was pretty awesome.
3: You inspired me to bring some art next time.
0: Yes, oh my gosh. People are gonna go crazy for your artwork. Yeah. Uh, Tony's stuff is incredible. I, I, oh, oh, 1,500? I thought it was 12. It was 15. Thanks, Michael. That that sounds even better. You're
1: just being modest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to brag, so I just lowballed my earnings. Uh, for the TTBG, But that was all. It made me realize, like, I can do good in different ways, right? I don't have to just, and I, we've talked about this many times. Like, you don't have to be a biologist to make a difference. There's a lot of different ways that you can. And, you know, and, but, but, you know, from tw- tell 23, 24-year-old me that. I really struggle with that. Like, I I went to school for the wrong thing. And, I, I you know, I felt really bad about myself. But, you know, there's a lot that you can do to to make the world a better place for these animals that we care about. So you know. So, uh, Anthony, you see that note? I did see that note. Yes, on 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 November 18th. Also, we were a uh, we were part of a uh, an an initiative and effort um, in Pennsylvania to try to get some uh, some funding to the turtle room. And we uh, were able to raise almost $8,000 through that effort. And I just I just wanted to say, too, that um, from those generous folks uh, 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 last month, and I, I also wanted to say I, I've been talking to a few people recently, and they get a little bit confused sometimes about what the Turtle Room does. Like, well, we have this pond, this podcast, and and other you know podcasts, and we we have animals. Like the like Anthony keeps animals in his basement. I just want to make, set the record straight. There's zero Turtle Room money goes to any of that. Uh, we have, you know, actual institute projects, uh, amazing projects uh, that that our money to this point, that's what it's going to. So, you know, when we talk about the wood turtles in Pennsylvania and we talk about hingeback tortoises in, in Africa and uh, flowerback box turtles and spangler leaf turtles in uh, in Asia uh and as well as educational programs that's that's what where that money's going and I, I think sometimes it gets a little bit misconstrued and that's something that we're 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 looking to focus on going forward uh is to to try to make that a little bit more a little bit more clear but i've yeah, turns, I've never gotten a point. dollar to for my animals from from the turtle so uh yeah anyway Look, look for the TTPG auction to benefit uh, the, the Turtle and Tortoise Preservation Group and U.S. ARC next year when Tony Monahan's artwork fetches much more than Anthony's artwork, but we, <laughs> we'll be friendly about it. Tony, do you have any of your
2: work online we could see?
3: Yeah, I think there's there's stuff online you can see. Um, yes, I thought about Anthony, asking I ahead of time. Link. Uh, I think I sent you a link, Anthony, to uh, video. Um, but yeah, you did.
0: But it's in my text. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, going to I it now. I don't have. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen.
1: Tony, are you. these paintings or are these prints of your photos that you've taken?
3: It's paper. Paper structure. My work is. Um, Layers and layers of paper. Interesting. And okay. uh, is it three dimensional? Um, maybe I can just, let's see. Oh, is this going to happen?
0: Yes. And he's wearing a turtle room t shirt. So this is built up and it's totally three dimensional, like wow. if you were looking here. at a turtle shell, but it's with individual one layer of paper and he he's building it with these paper each one's just a hair smaller than the next so that you get that three-dimensional form out of it which is incredible Um, life cycle yeah and i haven't actually seen his work in person but in seeing it more and more in photos i've been able to kind of comprehend the first time we were talking tony and i was in the middle of a turtle and tortoise show i didn't really wrap my head around exactly everything you were doing until we were able to talk about it more Uh, in subsequent meetings and getting to know you a little more?
3: Yeah, it's, um, there are problems to be solved. That's what I see if the piece, the images in my head, I have to figure out how to make it real. That piece I just showed you is a mathematic piece and it's based on a mathematical formula called a Fibonacci progression. And I had to follow the formula to make the piece and that piece is called the Fibonacci procession. And the, the large t- tortoise is. The shell is 35 layers of paper. So it's seven times five. The next turtle is six times four. The next one is five times three. So everything is math. And uh, everything kind of adds up and it's probably about an inch and a half thick. Nuts and bolts holding everything together it takes several months for me to do one art piece so um
0: it's crazy right yeah it
3: is yeah. It's wild. <laughs> in Detail. a good way in a good way yeah. yeah i have dental tools and magnifying glasses and so forth
2: i look forward to seeing them in person sometime
3: yeah
2: yeah kevin Last does that he invites himself I had, people's a, houses. I had a show in no, new T-T-B-G, york City. that's why
3: punk yeah I, I had an exhibition in New York city and one of my pieces got was stolen. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: That's when, you know, you're doing something cool.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Everyone else is like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I already heard that yeah. story. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know how
3: it ended too. So that, that's why
0: it was a good ending.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They pay me a lot of money for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Oh. Steve says, "When you start getting counterfeited, that's when you know you really made it."
3: Yeah, <clears throat> I thought the thankfully same thing. I had it photographed. I had it photographed before. You know, I have everything photographed before I frame it mm-hmm. At least I have a print of it.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I uh, my favorite piece probably was, and I know you're going to hate me for this, but probably the painting of the the Eastern box turtle, Mister. What's his name? Big Daddy Turtle. Big Daddy Turtle. That's Pink what it Daddy. is. But I I just, because, you know, that speaks to me. Like, you have the Eastern Boxster, but then there's all this blue in it. And I think it's really cool because that's a species where you do see some blue coloration in the species. But it's really hyped up, like, where the shadow is, like, a really rich blue. Like, uh, it's so it's more my style. I love to hide, like, really high-frequency color in that so,
2: Lost oh. them again for a second.
0: Turtles and their surrounding, you know, again, darn it. Uh, You'll see a lot of normal colors around like the subject and kind of hiding the colors.
3: Yeah, I started with paintings. Um, I started doing art in 1997. I started with acrylics on canvas. And then within a year, I switched over to doing paperwork. Uh, I lived in California, lots of art stores in the Berkeley area. I worked in Berkeley. And I started collecting papers and everything since then has been working with papers. I got my first commission, uh, University of California, UC Berkeley, commissioned me to do a painting for their graduate school offices. And they wanted an abstract and I gave them a leatherback sea turtle without the head and all flippers, a little bit of the flippers. So they got an abstract and I gave them a turtle. They didn't realize it. <laughs> you're obsessed the title, the title was Dermocellus coriacea and submerged in parentheses and i told the guy he said one day someone's going to walk into this office and they're going to know exactly what it is and one day he calls me up and says you know this this professor was a marine biologist came in and she said oh my god that's a leatherback sea turtle i, said, I told you i
0: <laughs> love it I love it. Hiding turtles in plain sight. I my favorite artwork <laughs> yeah. is turtle artwork that, that you can tell what the species is too if
3: you're a real nerd. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't do abstracts, but uh, I found a way around it.
0: Of course you did. One trick pony Tony. I love it.
2: I I've, I've been on a kick recently trying to find old like news articles and things from like magazines uh, throughout the years of uh, animals and I've come across some like really cool like like prints and stuff so for instance like this one's from i think this is from like 1897 oh, uh, wow. and this is like the original print like the back of it is a certificate of authenticity but the back of it has everything listed on it it's, it's just really some fascinating stuff and uh I, I love you know i never really thought about it but the art aspect of it you're doing it now but while you're alive but say 100 years 150 years someone's gonna see that and it's, that's going to be like ancient history from there. Like, this is amazing. This is this piece of work. Like, when you got that book of lithographs, Anthony, how excited you were, you know? Right. It. Yeah. It's going to be the yeah, same. Yeah, from,
0: from 1857.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That history yeah. aspect of it's just eventually it's going to be even more amazing, which is great.
3: And I wanted to make sure with my artwork that I did, uh, you know, anatomically correct turtles. I didn't want to just do, you know, uh, whimsical type uh, artwork with, you know, some flower turtle that doesn't exist. So I wanted to do things that were correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I found a book at the University of Rhode Island Library. It was a German book uh, called The Shield, Shield, Croton something from 1961. And the book had schematics of like 200 different types of turtles so I would go to the library and I would photocopy like 10 pages at a time and I had it in a binder and I'd since since got the book this book here and number, cool. You know, whatever, you know, you can and, and I can, you know, make the, I make the templates out of, uh, and do the paper, paperwork. A Everything is anatomically correct, you know, from this book,
0: Pretty uh, cool. and I like
3: to work that way. I like to make templates, and um, when I'm cutting, I'm cutting and cutting, I like to keep it uh, uniform. So that's what I use.
0: Will you be uh, featuring any of your art in your book?
3: No, that's another book. <laughs> really? Different project. Another book. Yeah. Another other project. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't see. I don't see how that would fit. I was just wondering, because you're
0: highlighting so many things, you know. But yeah, modest.
3: Play it cool. I got gotcha. you.
1: He's highlighting his photography, at
3: least. That's it's going to be all your photos. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. This is a this is a different project.
0: That's true. Good point. Okay, fine. So we don't know exactly when yet. We don't have a timetable yet. But you've completed so much. Every time you make a visit, yeah. you 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 do the spread, you, the layout of that of that visit. Yeah. If that's something that you know you're going to um, include, how many how many pages do you think the book will be?
3: I estimate about 300 pages. Hmm.
0: That's the real deal, man. I'm excited. You make me want to travel. What was your question, Kevin? Uh, When did you officially start your project?
3: I officially started it in uh, February of 2020. It's
2: a good time to start it, yeah.
3: My (laughs) My first trip was to Alabama. That's funny. And I, uh, I would just, actually I was in China in uh, December 20, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working yeah. on international yeah. assignments um, and I came back on New Year's Day 2020, a couple days ahead of the COVID virus. Um, and uh, I, we haven't been back overseas since. I worked at a college in Massachusetts that sent me overseas teach graduate school for two weeks at a time so I was traveling a lot that 2019 I went to I had five five assignments I did Costa Rica China Taiwan uh, Thailand Trinidad Mexico so and then it all came down <coughs> you haven't been overseas I just finished a class in Panama but it's online everything's online now Mm-hmm. but in Trinidad I got to go and see the uh, leatherbacks uh, nesting and that was in April and then I went back in um, August with my daughter to help the little babies fight off the vultures help the babies in the water
2: it's awesome
3: that was cool yeah
2: now Clearly you can't get like right next to them when they're nesting, but like how how far away were you? Could you really kind of tell the sheer size of them? They're just mammoth.
3: Oh, I was allowed to touch them.
2: R- while they are nesting, yeah. It.
3: Yeah. It was interesting because when they're the nesting season, you had to get a guide and you have to get a license. And uh, there's a lot of restrictions and you had to go with the group. Uh, but when it was the, the hatching season, it was just me and my daughter on the beach. Her and I, no one else. All day long we're fighting off the vultures, helping the babies in the water and nothing. Uh, I think the best time to go would be um, in June. That's when the sun is still still light enough when they come out of the water and your cameras will work. When I went in April, you can only use a red light. Mm. So Any any photography that I have is either red or or you can switch it to black and white. But I take it, I'll go back there in June and, um, but I'd rather go do the baby thing in August. In fact, my friend Peter, I want I have to mention Peter Warney. He is one of the inspirations for this book. Uh, him and I have taken a lot of turtle trips. He is my turtle mentor and he's been around for a long time. And uh, the first TT, uh, new york turtle and tortoise society show that i went to he was the he was the judge and i actually met him when i went to a turtle lecture in new york city gave the lecture so him and i have taken a lot of trips together and uh i just uh was with him last month in uh, louisiana at a site that he's working at called atelier which is a kind of be a cool little turtle place Still under construction, but an education center.
0: Peter's a great guy. I'm very grateful that you guys were able to come to, to my place and, and spend the day here, or, yeah. or a few hours here. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that you brought him along. What's the word that you use that, that, they, that they wrote in that book, uh, Bushmaster, where there's a picture of Peter in the book, and there I can't remember Embullient. the adjective. Embullient.
3: And And what does that mean? Overly um enthusiastic
0: <laughs> it needs to be in my vocabulary because it's it's true it's so good and uh, we all know that, that you know you're posing for a picture with your favorite reptile and you're just the smile is just Eirty. cornier <laughs> yeah but it's just it's corny but it's 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 so strong and there's just there's no stopping it you know that kid they got Nintendo
2: in 1987
3: you know
0: yeah right exactly
3: I talked to Peter today. He's already planning a turtle trip in March. And, in, you know, we're going to get those spotted turtles early in March and uh, just going down to uh, BioBlitz in April in Louisiana. So I'll probably hook up with him down there as well. So any opportunity, you know, I'm going to try to get there if I, if I have the test, if my schedule works out.
0: That's really cool. I love it.
3: But yeah, I'm so, almost done with my research, my my field work, anyway.
0: So it's awesome. I can't wait to see it. I, I think I think this is a really, really important resource, and you know, it can't even be overstated how useful and impactful this is going to be for so many people. And I, I just know there's going to be a whole generation of of kids that say, "I got this book, and it changed my life." You know, I think of Russ Gurley's book when when I was kind of. You know, becoming a different level of a turtle nerd at one point in my younger days, uh, or the the field guides like you mentioned at the beginning of this this show that we read from that we checked out from the library again and again and again, and yeah. you know wore the pages down. Uh, I think I, I could see it being something like that for sure. I know it'll be something like that.
3: Well, when I started doing these trips, I started thinking there's got to be some kind of guidebook that for people like me right i thought wait a minute (laughs) let's do that
0: that's the project right there exactly
3: exactly yeah the
0: blueprint the the, Tank pitch there's got to be a better way
3: yeah and and i needed to establish some rules so you know i needed to establish control over the project um so you know the main rule the first rule was five species or more and it had to be a public place that, uh, you know, average person could go to. Um, and I and I, I wanted to avoid um waiting for people to respond to my email requests and my phone calls because mm-hmm. what I've learned is turtle people aren't really good at things like emails and phone calls <laughs> and things like that, so yeah. I. I built in these controls that I didn't have to do that stuff. Um, I mean, not for the purposes of that that the main section, anyway. I could just show up to the zoo, pay my fee, and and do my thing. I did take. A, I do make sometimes sometimes make a phone call just to double check things. Believe it or not, the Turtleback Zoo in New Jersey doesn't have five species of turtle classic and uh um,
0: from there though like no uh, most of what he does most of who he works
3: with there's popcorn park in new jersey okay okay um casey, was,
0: worked there? casey worked at Turtleback back zoo for a little bit yeah
3: so i was thinking of going there a couple months ago i had a couple of days off that i was looking to fill and um you know, I sent them an email, and they didn't respond, so I made a phone call, and when the woman answered, I said, "You, how many species of turtles do you have at the zoo? And, and her answer was, are you kidding me? How am I supposed to know that? I only work here. I only work here.
0: I only come I, I here every
3: day. I had, had my pen, and pen and I wrote I wrote that down, <laughs> and I said, get a load of this answer. Are you kidding me? How am I supposed to know so I didn't end up going back there uh, from last I checked they, they only have like three species of turtle you know hmm. the New England Aquarium doesn't have five species of turtle but they have a wow. rescue they have a rescue program so they can make the book as a rescue program
0: that's interesting to me that surprises me a little bit I know they have the redheaded podox yeah um, they have they spotted. have a sea turtle in the big in the big
3: tank. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember anything else now that you mention it. And the Mystic Aquarium as well. They don't mm-hmm. have much.
0: That but doesn't also surprise me.
3: Res- they have a rescue. So mm-hmm. some of these well, Mystic, places will fit in in a different category.
0: What were you saying,
2: Kev, about Mystic? Mystic just burned down, didn't it? Oh, I didn't hear that. Like like three days ago, four days ago. Mystic Aquarium that. burned down. Like I'm not kidding. Like four or five days ago, yeah. Let me look it up. This
1: just in: I hadn't heard what? that either.
0: You you made that up? No, like man. I did. I, like I, I watched did the, the video. The on soup kitchen. Like when I made up the soup kitchen enclosure.
3: Uh, if anyone weird.
0: is paying attention, is tuning in, and you know about the soup kitchen enclosure that has <laughs> Maremi's anamensis, the Vietnamese pond turtle, in it, please speak up now.
2: Fire heavily <laughs> damages Marina warehouse in Mystic
0: warehouse
1: we're in a warehouse yeah
2: yeah it's not a mystic aquarium it looks like never mind everything wow. online was like mystic aquarium
1: but another turtle news did you hear about saint augustine they just had two um galapagos tortoises stolen
0: i did i i wasn't sure what exactly happened with that i saw i saw somebody posted pictures about how they were taken but then they were all dabbers in the picture did you see that kevin um, I didn't see it, but I see that happen all the time.
1: Yeah, I guess they posted that someone they believe they hopped over the fence and took two. Um, I just I saw the post about it, and I can't believe that happened. The keepers must be out of their minds.
2: Yeah, that's, they got these You're not like hoisting glops over a fence.
1: Yeah, I th- well, they're still pretty small. I think they're yeah. only a few years old. But yeah,
3: yeah, they have some small ones there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in yeah. there a couple of times.
0: It's really sad. Well, I, I I don't want to keep you guys uh, all night here, I, Tony. I can't thank you enough for for joining us. I, I and I can't, I truly cannot thank you enough for this service that you're doing with the creation of your book. It's 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 going to be a complete game changer, and and I could not be more excited.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: we'll it was be a we'll be here next month, uh, and we'll have Brian Kleinman on as a guest. He is the uh, the owner, operator, um, proprietor of Riverside Reptiles Education Center, which will be an interesting one. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that Emily will will mess with them a little bit and give them a hard time. I'm, I I look forward to that. Just see I can their guarantee a, a lot of heckling. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want to see. Is some heckling for sure. I think that's going to be. Will awesome. you be on separate screens or together.
1: Um, He said he's going to do it in his office, so it will be on separate screens. Classic.
0: (sighs) Even better. (laughs) In the same same place. I'll uh, just like cover
1: my mic and yell at him down the hallway. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's terrific. And then uh, in February, February is the 10 year anniversary of the podcast. Our first episode was in February 2013. So for that uh, special episode, we will be uh, bringing back John Weir, the, the co-creator of the podcast, as a guest. Uh, it should be a very funny and entertaining show, I assume. So uh, looking forward to those, and we have a uh, speaker lineup all you know all the way through the middle of next year. So we're really looking forward to to bringing you some good content. And uh, this was the first show in, in kind of doing that and restructuring a little bit. So looking forward to the future, and uh, appreciate any feedback if anyone wants to send us any messages or anything like that. And uh, again, thank you, Tony. Thank you so much, Emily, for being here. And thank uh, thanks, everyone, for putting up with my internet. Thanks.
3: Bye, guys. Bye, hey, everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye.